welcome. Well, that was good. Let's give Jesus a big shout of praise tonight if you love him. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Who's the happiest person in the house tonight? <laughs> Would you lift your hands all over this place? Father, we're so thankful for your anointing, your power. Lord, we ask you, let your windows open over this house tonight. Pour us out blessings that we don't even have room enough to contain in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, let this be a week that stories turn around supernaturally. We're declaring and believing it. Breakthroughs and turnarounds in the mighty name of Jesus. What looked like it would never move is quickly moving this week in Jesus' name. Whatever the devil thought he could use to destroy God's people, we ask you, blow your breath from heaven and blow every wicked thing out of our way this week by the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Lord, that nobody can curse what God has blessed. And we declare it, we are blessed in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe that, shout a loud amen in here. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I feel like singing. Hallelujah. Can I sing one? Use this one here? All right. Remain standing for a minute because we're Pentecostal. Praise God. Thank you. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Lift your hands all over the house. I'm telling you, I feel the anointing already in this place. Something good's about to happen. I said, something good's about to happen. We used to, when I was growing up, I grew up in Pentecostal church, and we would sing this. We'd say, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Come on, help me say that. There is power, power. Working power in the blood of the land. Well, there is power, power, wonder working power in the precious blood of the land. Come on, do it like this. There is power, power, wonder. Oh, come on. Working power in the present. Come on, work clap your hands and say power, power, wonder working power in the light of the land. There is power, power, wonder working power in the present. Oh, clap those hands one time.
Worship the name of Jesus. Come on, 
this is a supernatural week. Set your faith. I just feel like singing this song. It's been in my spirit before we open the word of God. It's a song of consecration. Just says I surrender all. And I surrender To thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender. Come on, everybody. Sing, I surrender all. I surrender. Give him praise if you love him tonight all over the house. Come on. Hallelujah. Before you sit down, just turn and tell somebody you're in the right place tonight. Oh, yeah. Tell them on the other side, you're in the right place tonight. Praise God. If you appreciate this worship team, give them a hand. Tell them you love them tonight. Praise God. Somebody shout, I'm in the right place at the right time. Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you, before this night comes to an end, I'm probably going to need more than this handkerchief. Because I'm Pentecostal and I'm overweight. Amen. Praise God. So if we got a towel or something, whatever we can find. I went to one church. I asked them for a towel. They brought me out a beach towel. I don't know how much you think I sweat, but <laughs> this week is a supernatural week. I just want to tell you what's in my spirit. 
This is not some random service or meeting this week. This has been in my heart. This is a supernatural week. God's getting ready to do something this week that will forever change our lives. How many believe that? There comes a moment in your life where you can have an encounter with God that after that encounter, every single thing changes for the better. Every single thing in your life is turned around. I was in um, outside of Boston, Massachusetts preaching. And I w- as I was preaching, I kind of looked back to the back, and I saw this young man sitting with his girlfriend, and he was kind of slouched way back in the back, you know, kind of looking down his nose at me. I could tell he didn't want to be there, but she wanted to be in church, so he was in church. And so he was just kind of sitting back there, you know, slouched right down with his arm around his girlfriend, ch- you know, checking me out. I could tell he didn't think Christianity was real, you know. And so I had... As I was preaching, I called somebody out to pray for him. And when I laid hands on that person, that man, he went out under the power of the Holy Ghost, hit the ground, just praying in tongues. God was touching him. And I saw him lean over to his girlfriend and whisper something in her ear, which I found out later he was telling her, that stuff ain't real. That's all made up. Then he said to me, he said, if he prayed for me like that, I wouldn't go down like that. And so I'm looking at him. He's got the whole thing. He's got teardrop tattoos. I found out later he was a gang member. He was actually a member of a gang that was affiliated with MS-13. And so he's back there in the back, teardrop tattoos. He's got his chains on. And he's looking at me down his nose. But I kept preaching. And as I kept preaching, the Holy Ghost was moving. I watched. Now he's kind of like got his arms folded watching me. And I kept on preaching. And when I kept on preaching, now he's leaned forward on his knees looking at me, just trying to get in. What's what's going on? And then he keeps on looking. And then at the end of the service, I gave the call for salvation. If you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, his was the first hand that went up. And he came to the front. And I remember he walked to the front, and he's standing there, you know. And others joined him at the altar. And he's standing there kind of like looking at me. But he's like, I want to receive this. And I could tell he'd never been in church like that before. And I'm standing there talking to him. But I felt to tell him by the Spirit of God that God was going to use his life in a mighty way to touch his generation. So I said, young man, you you believe this? He said, yeah, I believe it. I said, lift your hand. I said, God's going to use you to change your generation by the power of the Holy Ghost. And he just kind of nodded. And I laid hands on him. And he went down. (laughs) Hallelujah. He was out under the power, and he's just just getting touched by the Holy Ghost, and he gave his life to Jesus. He got up off the floor, and he came and talked to me after the service. He said, look, I want to talk to you, preacher. He said, but i got to run to the parking lot real quick and make a phone call, and I'll come right back and talk to you. I said, that's fine, and he ran out into the parking lot. He was gone maybe three, four minutes, and he came back in. I said, yeah, what's up? He said, I, I'm, he said I'm sorry, man. I had to, I had to make that call. He said, tonight there was a hit out on somebody's life. And he said, it was just a kid that owed the gang, like, it was like $85. He said, but they were going to kill him for $85 just to have the, uh, the, the message be sent out, if you don't pay, you die. And he said, they were going to make an example of him. And he said, so I knew the man they were sending on the hit. He said, I have a little bit of that kind of authority. He said, I went out. He said, after I got touched, he said, something was gnawing at me. He said, I can't let this happen tonight. I can't let this happen. He said, I ran out of the parking lot. He said, I called the dude that was actually going to kill the kid. And I said, don't go. Don't go. Don't do the hit. He said, I made sure he stayed home. Nobody's going to kill him tonight. One moment in the presence of God. 
turned that young man's life around from being in the middle of gang activity. He was on his way to hell. But one encounter with God can turn your entire life around and take you from death unto life. If you're thankful for that, clap your hands and give Jesus praise tonight. Oh, yeah. One encounter. Everybody say, one encounter. And I'm setting my faith because I have this in my spirit. This is not a normal week. This is a week that God's going to do something supernatural. And one encounter with God is going to turn everything around in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I said one encounter with God is going to turn everything around in Jesus' name. This lady here, I want you to stand. God's already touching you by the power of his spirit. And I can see the anointing. I'm not going to wait for the end of the service because God's touching you now. Lift your hands. From this week, you can step forward by faith. This week, everything's turning around in Jesus' name. Every bad report that looked like it was not going to move out of your way is moving out of your way this week. What stole your peace before tonight, what stole your joy before tonight is coming to a quick end in Jesus' name. Fire of the Holy Ghost come upon her tonight in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen to that. Glory to God. You know, we as the body of Christ have power over the devil. I said we got power over the devil. We don't have to just take life as it comes. We have dominion and authority over every wicked force that tries to operate in the earth. You know, there's a, what the Bible calls the spirit of antichrist. But just because the spirit of antichrist is at work in the earth doesn't mean we've lost any authority or any power. It's nothing new. The Bible says this was mentioned 2,000 years ago. The Apostle John said that this spirit of Antichrist has gone out into the world, 1 John chapter 4. He said, but you are of God, little children, and have already overcome them. That will make you shout around your house. And have already overcome them. Woo, glory to God. For greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Yeah, the one who lives in you. And if you're here tonight, you're not serving the Lord, you can be by the end of tonight. The one who's in a believer, that's the Holy Ghost, is greater than the one that's in the world. Amen. You know what that is? Resurrection power. The same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead, and he lives in you. And now the Bible said he is giving strength to your physical body. Hallelujah. You know, that's the same spirit that if it can raise a dead, decomposing man back to life, that same spirit can destroy cancer cells. That same spirit can destroy arthritis that tries to set up in your joints. That same spirit can destroy cataracts from your eyes. Glory to God. It can turn situations around. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say resurrection power. Now, I'm so happy to be here with you this week. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. I'm so blessed because I get to travel with my family. And I've got my whole family here this week with me. I'm so happy about that. My beautiful wife is here. My kids get to be here. My mother-in-law is with me. That's how you know my ministry's anointed. Even my mother-in-law wants to hear me preach. Hallelujah. 
And we're blessed to have some of our team here. Ralph and Jen have been with us for many years, and my nephew Alex. And um, it's just so great to have everybody with us, and I'm so glad to see you. This is That's why I said when I came in, I was so stirred driving onto the property tonight because I looked around and I said, see, there's something God's doing. She said something about, you know, this, this crowd on a Monday night, but see, it's because something supernatural is getting ready to happen this week. God has for us an encounter lined up, an encounter's lined up. And when God's done with us this week, all of our prayer requests are turning into praise reports in the name of Jesus Christ. If you believe it, shout aloud, amen. Amen. Yeah, when you have an encounter with God, everything changes. Everything changes. How many, that's been your testimony. When you had an encounter with God, everything changed. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to tell you something. God moves quickly. It doesn't take God long to move. You know, that's why the psalmist said this. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand days anywhere else. Why did he say that? He explains why he said it in the next verse. He said, why? Because the Lord our God is a sun and a shield. <laughs> that's, for those of whoever's on Pro Presenter, that's Psalm 8411. Hallelujah. Psalm 8411, the Lord our God is a sun and a shield. That's enough to shout about right there. A, not an S-O-N, an S-U-N. He is a sun and a shield. Now let me say what that's, you know why that's so powerful? The sun, the greatest light in the universe, that if you were to literally, I tell people this all the time, if we could take the heat away from the sun and lower just a portion of the sun into this room tonight, there would be light from every direction you ever watch the NFL at, at a nighttime game, and you see, and if you look, you've got a player just standing on the turf, you'll see like three shadows going out from the player. So why is that? Because they got light sources coming from multiple different directions, and each light source is throwing a different shadow onto the ground. That's because those are imperfect light sources. There's still an ability to have a shadow because there's not enough light to eradicate the shadows. But if you were to lower the sun into this room tonight, it would fill this whole room. And light would be coming from every direction. And because it was, there'd be no shadows in this room tonight. The fact that the Lord our God is a sun, you know what that means? It means he's so bright that as you walk, it doesn't matter if you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The reason you don't have to fear any evil is because the Lord is with you. And if the Lord is with you, he's a sun and a shield. And a shield. If he's a shield around me, I don't have to worry about who's coming after me. I don't have to worry about some COVID virus in the air. I don't have to worry about somebody that's coming to take my life. I don't have to worry about those that are trying to work witchcraft against the church. Why? Because I'm telling you, you can't curse what God's already blessed. Our God is a sun and a shield. But it doesn't stop there. Ha. And the Lord will give grace and glory. Woo! Grace and glory. Grace and glory. I got favor. And I got glory. I got favor. And I got glory. 
<laughs> you know what's awesome? This is an Old Testament verse here. There had been no redemption yet. There was no blood of Jesus yet. There was no new creature in Christ Jesus yet. These people were talking about something that was to come in the future. But we're standing on the other side of the covenant tonight. We're standing on the new creature side tonight. I'm not waiting for glory to come into my life. I'm not waiting for favor to come into my life. I've been now placed into right standing with God. And if I'm in right standing with God, i got favor on my life. I've got glory on my life. Did you know the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8, and those that he has justified, he has also glorified. Woo! I want you to look at somebody next to you and tell them, I'm glorified. You know, people think about that term. We think about that term, and we only think about it that one day my body is going to be glorified. What a wonderful day that's going to be. <laughs> I believe, God, that in that day I'll be able to button this jacket. Hallelujah. <laughs> in that day. <laughs> not only will he wipe every tear from my eye, but he'll wipe every keto from my diet. Glorified bodies. Glorified bodies. But see, it's, it's more than your body because we're waiting for that to happen. We're waiting for the glorified bodies. But you know what we got right now? Glorified spirits. Uh, we're already glorified on the inside because the old man was taken out and put to death. And a new creature was born on the day we received Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And now we're all glorified. I said we're glorified. If you've been justified, you've been glorified. I said if you've been justified, you've been glorified. <laughs> somebody said, what is it like? What does it mean to be justified? This is the best way I ever heard somebody describe it. It's just as if you never sinned. Just as if you never sinned. God looks at you and can't even remember your sins anymore. The Old Testament prophet looked ahead to the future and said there's coming a day that he'll remove our iniquities from us as far as the east is from the west. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not a scientist or anything, but I'm pretty sure that if you go out into space and travel east, you can travel as long as you want. Travel west, you can go west as long as you want. And what he was saying, he's infinitely removing our sins from our lives. The Bible goes on to say he takes our sin and throws it into a sea of forgetfulness to be remembered no more. I've been asking people, if God can't even remember your sin, why are you remembering it? Because the devil, he's a master at coming back to remind you of who you used to be. He'll love to come back and remind you of what you were before Christ. But when I tell look, if God can't remember it, I don't remember it. I'm not that person anymore. I used to be, but I'm not anymore. You're not a sinner saved by grace. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away, and all things have become new. You see what I'm doing right now? I'm talking. I'm talking. This is a TED talk. <laughs> I'm talking. But notice what we're doing. I'm talking and I'm saying what the Word of God says. You know why I'm doing that? And you feel the faith being built in your spirit. 
as I'm saying what the Word of God says. These are not my opinions. This is the Word of the Almighty God. I'm quoting verses of Scripture to you, and as I'm doing it, your faith is being built. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. I'm not here to give you my opinions. I'm here to give you the mighty Word of God. And as I do, your faith is going to another level. And as your faith goes to another level, your breakthroughs are coming to another level. Your miracles are showing up on another level. Your turnarounds will manifest on another level. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. You know why? The reason I say that? Because the words you speak, see, people miss this, but words are spiritual currency. Words are spiritual currency. You speak it. People think words are just noise. Words aren't noise. Words are spiritual currency. You know what Jesus said in John 6, 63? He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The words, the words. You know, it's not enough to have a positive outlook on life. It's not enough to have positive thinking. You know, people have talked about that for years. The power of positive thinking. Yeah, it ain't enough. You can think it all day long. But I want you to hear this tonight. We operate as the body of Christ in the spirit of faith. I got to say this again. The spirit of faith. Do you know how the Bible says we release the spirit of faith? Through speaking. Hallelujah. The spirit of faith is released by speaking. Not by thinking, not by hoping, but by speaking. That something's got to come out of your mouth. Yeah, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. The apostle Paul's writing to the Corinthian church. And he said, since we have the same spirit of faith as it is written, and then he quotes a verse, we believe, therefore we speak. Then he said, we also believe, and so we also speak. Glory to God. We have the same spirit of faith as it is written, we believe, therefore we speak. So the things you believe, in order to release those things, you got to speak. Oh, man. It's not, hear me tonight, it's not just noise coming out of your mouth. It is spiritual force coming out of your mouth. That's why I never believed. Somebody said years ago when we were kids, they said, you know, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. How many, there's been nobody in this room tonight that's ever been hurt by something somebody said about you or spoke behind your back? Of course, because words carry power. When people speak, it hits you in your spirit, man. You've probably had an experience in your life where somebody said something about you they should not have said. And when you heard that they said it, it either hurt you or it made you angry and you were ready to go off because you were ready to call them up. Who are you talking about? Huh? Because something, why? Because words are spiritual force. They hit you. In, that's why they tell people that when kids grow up, if they, ha, if they come from an environment where their parents are always verbally abusing them, telling them how stupid they are, you're no, you'll never be good at anything. I can't believe you're a screw up. 
And that's all they ever hear coming up. Those words are spiritual force. They keep hitting that child's spirit over and over and over. What ends up happening? It causes that child to grow up believing the thing that was spoken into their spirit. And they get older and they believe about themselves. I'm nothing. I'm stupid. If I do anything, it's the wrong thing. I might as well just keep my mouth shut. I'm not smart. I don't have it. I don't even know why I'd think about going to college. I, I don't have the ability to go to college. And they believe what was spoken into their spirit because words carry supernatural force. And that's why the Bible said in the book of Proverbs chapter 18, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. So you can speak death or you can speak life. And if you want to release the spirit of faith, then you speak what the word of God says. Hallelujah. Because words are a supernatural currency. When you speak by faith, things aren't going to remain the same. They change. They have to change because the word of God never returns empty or void. Say this with me. God's word carries performance power. Oh, yeah. God's word performs. I said God's word performs. It doesn't matter if everyone believes God's word as long as you believe it. Because did you know God knows how to locate pinpoints of faith in a sea of unbelief. You might be the only one on your job that believes God. You might be the only one in your family that believes God. You might be the only one in your neighborhood that believes God. But their doubt is not going to cancel out your faith. The Bible said Jesus, Mark 6, 1 through 6, Jesus went back to his own hometown to do what? He had a desire to perform miracles for his own people. And the Bible said when he got there, they all started talking about him. Oh, here he comes. We know who he is. Trying to act like Joseph's his real dad. We know Joseph ain't his real dad. His mom was pregnant before she ever got with Joseph. We know who he is. That's literally what they were doing. They were calling Jesus a bastard in his own hometown, and they wouldn't believe he was the Messiah, and they acted like he was some uh, less than. And Jesus looked around, and the Bible said, though he wanted to do miracles, he could do no mighty works there except, except what? Except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal. Why could he do that? Because in a sea of unbelief, there were still a few people saying, no, no, I believe you're the Messiah. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you are who you are. And he said, oh, I'll hook you up, I'll hook you up, and I'll hook you up, and everybody else can go home. Oh, yeah. He knows how to find you in the middle of unbelief. He knows how to find you when nobody else can trust him. He knows how to locate you when it looks the darkest. If you've got faith, you're on God's radar. If you've got faith, you're on God's radar. Boop. 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 You know who he's finding? The power of love church. Boop. His eyes are searching through the earth. He's searching through Houston. And right now he found you. And he's getting ready to bless you like you've never been blessed. Shout yes. 
Words are supernatural currency. Somebody shout currency in the Holy Ghost. Did you know even natural laws are held up by the supernatural power of God's word? Even the universe, even gravity. You know, the Bible says in John 1, my favorite passage in the world, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You know why His Word can't come back empty, can't return void, always accomplish it? Because He is His Word. <laughs> so what devil's going to look at Him and say, No. Who do you think you're talking to? And when he speaks, something has to change. Because he is his word. <laughs> In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Look at verse 2. The Bible says, and he was in the beginning with God. Verse 3 will shake you up. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Hold on a second. We know from another verse of Scripture, everything that's seen was created from things that are unseen. <laughs> that's why it's foolish for me to think, man, I wish the economy would get better so God could bless me. Let me say something. There was no economy until he created one. <laughs> I wish the price of gold would go up. There was no gold until it came out of his mouth. That's why the Bible said the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The silver is his. The gold is his. None of it was here till he said it. Nothing was created outside of him. But then check this out. Hebrews 1, verse 3. He, now this is also speaking of Jesus. He is the radiance of the glory of God. Woo! Just to let you know, in case you're wondering where I'm at, I'm in the ESV. He's the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. Why do you think Jesus could walk around to the Pharisees and go, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. They picked up stones to stone him. I and the Father are one. Who do you think you are? I just told you. <laughs> I mean, comes in, comes into the Garden of Gethsemane. He's in there praying. Whole battalion of soldiers show up to arrest him. <laughs> Who are you looking for? Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> he said, Let me help you with my identity. I am. He didn't say, I'm him. If you look in the original, you know what he said? I, capital A, capital M. I am. He was reintroducing himself to the soldiers. Why do you think the moment he said, I am, they all fell back on their backs? <laughs> Don't tell me falling out is not in the Bible. He just pulled out his ID. I am. Boom, knocked them all out. 
Every last one fell on the ground. At that moment, their armor was useless. Their swords were useless. You know why? They just encountered a two-edged sword that came out of his mouth. And when he spoke one thing, it knocked every one of them back on their back. One word from God incapacitated every enemy that came to take him away. You know who he was? He was telling them right there. He said, if you don't remember, go back into the scriptures because I'm the same one. This is what he was really saying by saying, I am. I'm the same one that was burning up inside of a bush when Moses was looking for an answer to tell Pharaoh, who should I tell him sent me to talk to you? He said, you go tell him, I am that I am has sent you. The same fire that was in the bush is the same fourth man that was in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, Shack and Abednego, it was the same one that showed up on the battlefield for Joshua in the Old Testament. He is the great I am. He is the El Shaddai. He is the mighty one. He's the prince of peace. Oh, hallelujah. I am. When he said it, they couldn't handle it. You know what's so powerful? Just to get us all saved. There's only one time in history that the word stopped speaking. The word had to stay silent so that he could take our punishment. That makes me want to shout. Because he was so he understood no man can take my life from me. You think that's the first time they tried to kill Jesus? They tried before that. Jews many times picked up stones to stone him to death. They couldn't stone him. He told them who he was in the tabernacle. He said, let me talk to you in the synagogue. I'll read from the scroll of Isaiah and tell you all, roll it up. Today, this prophecy just got fulfilled. And a whole group of men, a gang, formed around him outside to take hold of him and run him up a cliff and push him off the brow of a cliff so he could plummet to his death. But he's so powerful, he just passed through the crowd. <laughs> you know you're the man. When 30 dudes, when you got 30 dudes on you, they're ready to, every one of them wants to kill you, and you just freeze time and pass through the crowd. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you can't kill. You can't murder the master. I said, you can't murder the master. I said, you can't murder the master. You can't murder the master. No man can take my life from me. I will lay it down. He said, I'm going to lay it down. When I lay it down, I've got the power to take it back up again. Jews didn't murder Jesus. Nobody could murder Jesus. He laid his life down. And he said, because I have the power to lay it down, I got the power to take it back up. So the, the word who was made flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth, had to stay silent in the middle of his trial, in the middle of his crucifixion. Because if he had just started speaking, he'd have brought the whole thing down. <laughs> his word was more powerful than Pontius Pilate. His word was more powerful than Roman soldiers. 
His word was more powerful than nails that were set aside for his hands and feet. His word was more powerful than a cat of nine tails that they pulled out to stripe his back. He said, I'm going to just go ahead and let you do it because I see into the future and I can see all the people at Power of Love Church that need redemption, that need a breakthrough, that need a turnaround, and I'd rather take the stripes, I'd rather take the whipping, I'd rather take the nails, I'd rather take the crown of thorns, I'd rather take the beating than to leave them on their own. I want to bring a breakthrough to the people of Houston, Texas, so I'll take the punishment. So the word stopped speaking so he could bring us redemption. Somebody say words, spiritual currency. It's not enough just to think. You got to speak. That's why, you know, even when you get saved, it's not enough to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. You've got to confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Even that contains the element of speaking. I got to say something. I got to say something. I got to say something. I like even the Old Testament psalmist. He says, Lord, set a watch at the door of my lips. <laughs> Why is that? Because, Lord, I don't want to say something stupid. That's what the devil would love. He'd love us all to just start talking like the world talks. Well, brother, better batten down the hatches. I don't know what's coming up in the fall, but we better get ready. I don't know what they're going to do at election cycle. I, I just, I, if I were you, I'd get some extra food in the pantry. You start hearing people talk, and everything turns into fear, doubt, and unbelief. Fear, doubt, and unbelief. Fear, doubt, and unbelief. As though we don't have a supernatural help from heaven. I'm not walking around talking like they talk on the news. I don't talk like they talk at work. I don't talk like they talk at school. I don't talk like they talk in the culture. I don't say what they say. They don't have a revelation of a word that's greater than the natural realm. I'm looking into the unseen and looking at what God's about to do through the power of his spirit. The best days are not behind us. The best days are ahead by the power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout amen. Best days are ahead. You see, when you understand there's such a power in what you say. Set a watch at my lips. I like this. Look at Proverbs 30 and verse 32. Proverbs 30 and verse 32. <laughs> if you've been foolish, the Bible says, exalting yourself, or if you have devised evil, Put your hand on your mouth. You might have a thought. Don't let it come out of your mouth. You see that? If you've devised evil. Let me, now let me say something interesting. Leave that verse up there. If you've devised evil. People read that verse and think, well, if I ever thought about killing somebody, if I ever thought about robbing a bank, knocking over a 7-Eleven, I mean, Lord, my tithes could be so much larger. Just take some mask and a nine millimeter, Jesus. I could have, 
I could build the church on my own. Have you ever devised evil? People think, they hear the phrase devised evil, and they think going out and doing some egregious act, and that's what my heart's devised. But you know, let me take it even further than that. What about simply disbelief in what God said is true? You know how I know that's evil? I read that Old Testament story where they sent 12 spies to spy out the promised land. And when they looked through it, they saw giants, and they saw fortified cities, and they saw how skilled in warfare the giants were, and they came back to give a report to Israel. And, the, and 10 of them said, hold on, we don't need to be going in there. There's giants in there. They're men of war. They got fortified cities. They were like grasshoppers in their sight. But here was the bad part. And not only in their sight, in our own sight. It's one thing if you look small to a giant. It's another thing if you look small to yourself. And that's what they said. We look like giants in their sight, and we look giants in our own sight. Whew. Joshua and Caleb said, hold on. Don't listen to them. We're well able to take the land. Now watch this. When they heard that, the Bible says regarding the ten, he said, they came back with an evil report. I thought, an evil? How in the world? That's just a report of unbelief. That's just a report of doubt. Why would the Bible call it an evil report? You know what the Lord spoke to me? I was praying over that. I said, Lord, that's just unbelief. That's just a, a report of doubt. That's just some fear. They need to get up. He said, no, no, it's evil because those ten men were contradicting what I already said. He said, I already told them, it's your land, go take it. It's your land, go take it. And you know when God told them, it's your land, if you go back and read it, he never once mentioned the giants. You know why? Because the moment God gave them the promised land, the giants living in it became irrelevant. Doesn't matter if you live there or not. Once God said that's mine, every giant has lost their authority and lost their power to keep me out of my promise. Oh, get this in your spirit because Joshua and Caleb had the right thing to say. They said, no, no, let me tell you about the giants. Their protection is removed from them. And they are like bread for us. You know what that means? We're about to eat them up. Send me in there right now. That's what they said. They said, let's go at once and take the land. Let's go right now. Don't make me wait. I'm ready to fight right now. Don't make me wait. I'm ready to go. Let's go. And the Bible said because of the other ten, because of their doubt, unbelief, they had to wait and wait and wait and wait to take the promise that God said was theirs. Forty Five years later, Caleb, who's now an old man, 85 years old, he's been hanging on to the promise for 45 years. And he finally got to the point where he was like, I'm done with these people. He said, if these young people don't want to take the promise, put a sword in this 85-year-old hand because I'm stronger today than I was when I was 40, and I'm ready to take the promise that God has for me and my family. Woo! Somebody shout, spirit of faith. Say, I got a spirit of faith. Oh, yeah. 
words. There's a currency in the Holy Ghost. Faith holds the same value in every nation of the world. You go to another country and you bring your faith with you, there's no exchange rate. You, there's no other country you can go to with your faith and say, sorry, your faith's worth a little less here. This is not America. Huh. Well, brother, I've heard people talk like that. Well, you preach all that faith, you believe all that because, you know, that's a very American gospel. You know, that's how Americans think. But, you know, you go to some of these other countries, it doesn't work like that, brother. Oh, really? Then tell me why the most prosperous and the largest churches in the entire world are in third world nations that are in recession, that don't have hardly anything, but now God's blessed the churches so much that they've got hundreds of thousands attending every single week, and they continue to grow and continue to expand and continue to get blessed. It's because they found out it's not an American gospel. It's not some Western gospel, but the power of God's word holds the same value in every nation of the world. I came to encourage you tonight, where you were before this week is not where you're staying. God's taking you up to another level by the power of his Holy Spirit. Oh, shout aloud, amen. You can schedule your miracle by the words of faith you speak. <laughs> Somebody shout, I'm scheduling my miracle. Oh, yeah. Let me hit you with this now. Here comes a woman who's bound up for 12 years with the issue of blood. Constant hemorrhaging. This is a greater miracle than anybody ever knew it was. You do the cultural study on this, it's greater than just a physical healing. Because if you read the law of Moses, and this was a Jewish woman, if you had blood or blood being discharged from your body as a woman, you were declared ceremonially unclean. And anything you touched became unclean. Even if you sat in a place, that place is unclean. If you touched another person, that person became unclean. So not only that, you go further. Imagine being 12 years where everybody pointed the finger at you and said, she's unclean. She's unclean. It became part of her identity in the community. She's unclean. Because she, she's not just, you know what happens when you lose blood all the time? It brings weakness into your body. So she's not just walking around weak. She's got very pointing at her saying, she's unclean. She must have secret sin. She's got some kind of problem. And here she is weak, and now she's got this reputation that she's unclean. Jewish historians say that when a Jewish man saw that their wife could not produce children, because that was what part of the major value back then, they would divorce their wife, put her, put her away. And so here she was, even if she had a family, she probably most likely lost it, according to Jewish culture. So here she is, battling physically, being called unclean, lost her family, lost her ability to even enter into society, do any work, make any money. So now it's a financial problem. She's got a physical problem. She's got a mental problem, a relational problem, and a financial problem. This woman, at the lowest place of her whole life, the lowest of the low, but she still had some faith. <laughs> she was at the lowest place you could be. She was battling for her health. She was battling for her peace. 
She was battling for her family. She was battling for her financial well-being, but she still had some faith. You know, the devil can try to attack you, but one thing he can never take from you is your faith in the word of God. I don't care where you start at. I don't care where you might be tonight. This is the lowest you'll ever be in Jesus' name. Because when God's word gets a hold of you, it's never-ending increase until Jesus comes back. She still had some faith. And here she said, Mark chapter 5. There's a whole crowd surrounding Jesus, and she's pressing in. She shouldn't have even been there. She was unclean. She's pushing through a crowd of people. Every person she touched supposedly should have been declared unclean. But she said, I got a vision. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. You know why I like this miracle so much? Jesus didn't know anything about it. He's touching other people. He's walking through the ground, but she's coming up from behind him. If I can just touch his garment, that's all I got to do. He don't need to lay hands on me. I don't need a prayer cloth. You don't need to anoint me with oil. I don't need 16 mothers from the church joining hands around me and stretching their hand toward me and praying in speed tongues. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. <laughs> There's an Old Testament. See, what people don't get is in that Jewish culture, the edges of that robe were called the wing. Corners of the robe called the wing. And actually the Jewish men would put tassels. There would be tassels on the wings of their garment. There's an Old Testament verse that said that he's arising with healing in his, you thought he was a bird. <laughs> but the train of his robe, the corners of his garment were called wings. She was ready to reach out and touch the wings of his garment. There was healing in his wings. There was healing in his wings. Jesus was so anointed it got in his clothes got in his spit. Hallelujah. It got in Peter's shadow. And she pressed. And she pressed. And Jesus didn't know she was there. But finally in her weakened condition, she got right up behind him. And she reached out and she touched the hem of his garment. And something hit Jesus. And he started looking around. And he said to his disciples, who touched me? They thought he was nuts. They said, look at this whole crowd. Everybody's trying to touch you. He said, no, 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 somebody touched me with faith because I felt virtue go out of my body. Here's what you got to get. Her faith, for she said, she used the currency of words. She said, I'm going to use the supernatural currency that faith is released by, and that's the power of speaking. She said, I touch the hem of his garment everything's going to turn around. I'll be made whole. This was not a miracle initiated by Jesus. 
This was a miracle initiated by her faith and by her confession and by her action of faith. When everybody else told her, you ought to shut up and sit down. You ought to go somewhere else. She said, I can't stop till I get what God has for me. I'm not going to stop pressing. I'm not going to stop moving. I'm not going to stop believing. I'm not going to stop confessing till I get what God has for me. She reached out and touched the hem of his garment. And when she did, Jesus said, who touched me? Because everybody was touching him, but only one person touched him by faith. And he said, now I felt virtue go out of my body. Catch this now. By her faith, she made a withdrawal. On heaven's account. (laughs) Her confession and her faith were the debit card and pin number that allowed her to make a withdrawal from heaven's divine account. Jesus didn't release the anointing into her. She pulled it out of him. Woo! (laughs) Smith Wigglesworth once said, if God doesn't move me, I move God. What does he mean by that? He may not be led by the Spirit in that moment. Talk to this person. Speak to that. Lay hands on that person. But he said, I got a faith in God. I just flat out believe his word. And if I'm not being led in any specific direction, I'll just step out in obedience and do what the word says. And if God's not moving me, I'll move God by my faith. She touched the hem. There was healing in his wings. And she pulled virtue out of his body. Go to verse 29 on Mark 5. Look at this. Immediately. Somebody say immediately. It don't take long for God to move. I say it don't take long for God to move. In fact, if you want to write this in your notes, say on that Mark 5, 29. If you want to write in your notes, Psalm 147 and verse 15 The Bible said he sends his command to the earth, and his word runs very swiftly. His word runs very swiftly. It don't take long for God's word to move. And immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Verse 30, the Bible says, Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? 31, the Bible says his disciples said, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? 32, and he looked around to see her who had done this thing. (laughs) And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him. She didn't tell him part of the truth. She told him the whole truth. And nothing but the truth, so help her God. (laughs) And he said to her, now catch this, daughter, your faith. (laughs) Not Jesus' faith, not the crowd's faith, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. You've got a faith in you that can pull on heaven's virtue. You've got a faith in you that can pull your blessings out of the unseen realm into the seen realm. 
the things that are created that we can see right now, they were all created by what was unseen. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, but it's the evidence of things not yet seen. Amen? You may not see it yet. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. <laughs> Just because your natural eyes can't see the manifestation yet doesn't mean it's not real. It just means it ain't really, it may not see it in the natural realm, but it's in the supernatural realm. Oh, yeah. Catch it, catch it. You, by, by faith, you can reach your hand. Dr. Cho, pastor of the largest church ever, million members, Dr. David Yogi Cho, he, he wrote a book called The Fourth Dimension. That's the dimension of faith, the miraculous, the unseen, the supernatural. You can reach your hand into the fourth dimension by faith. Take hold of God's promises and pull them into the seen realm. She, he said, your faith. Where was that miracle? That miracle was not laying on the ground in the natural. And she's like, oh, look at that. There's my healing and picked it up. No, it was in the unseen. But she reached her hand. To everybody present, it looked like she was just touching his robe. But when she touched his robe, there was something in his wings. And she went into the unseen realm and connected to that redemptive power of healing. And it flowed out of him and into her body. Glory to God. Woo! What was not there before was immediately there. Glory to God. You know what faith can do? Anything. My father was preaching one time in the middle of a revival. And there was a woman that was attending the revival each night. But her husband didn't want her coming to church. And he was an alcoholic. He was a very angry and violent alcoholic. And one night during the revival, he had been tired of her going to church every night. And so he laid in again. He, he, she'd come to church all the time with fresh bruises on her body, bruises on her face. And that night, he went after her again but before she went to the revival service. And he just beat her. She grabbed a pair of scissors off the counter. And stabbed him in the chest and stomach nine times. And here my dad's getting ready to preach. And one of the members of the church was an, a police officer. And he came in the back door with his full uniform on. And he's got the woman in handcuffs. He was the officer that responded to her house on that call. And he's got her, she's covered in blood. And he knew I got to go take her down to the station and book her. But I'm bringing her to the church first. I'm going to get the preacher to pray for this woman. He knew what the story was. Her husband would beat her. Brought her, he's in the back of the church motioning. My father went to the back. She's crying. He said, Brother Jaquette, would you pray for her? And my father prayed that God would work on her behalf and that God would touch her husband as well. He would be in Russell intensive care. Prayed in the name of Jesus. And they left. When they got her husband to the hospital, covered in blood, his T-shirt has the puncture wounds in the T-shirt. The whole T-shirt covered in blood. They got him on the table. And when they cut his shirt off on the table and open it up, there's not one puncture wound in his skin. They're wondering where the blood even came from. But because there were no injuries, there was nothing to press charges over. And they had to let her go out of jail. The next night, they came back to the church hand in hand, came down to the altar and gave their heart to Jesus Christ. What am I telling you tonight? Faith can do 
anything. Don't ever say it's too hard for God. Don't tell me somebody's too far gone. I'm talking about a faith that'll take somebody from the dredges of sin and bring them into the kingdom of God. I'm talking about a faith that can do the impossible and release the incredible. If you believe it, clap your hands tonight and give Jesus a shout of praise. Oh, yes. Oh, hallelujah. I want my sister to come back to the keyboard if she would. I'm just telling you, God's moving in this place right now. We don't have to wait till Friday night. God's doing something on Monday night. <laughs> I said, God's doing something on Monday night. Hear me, things that seemed impossible, things that seemed like they'd never leave your life, are packing their bags and running out the back door in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. What the devil said would never come to pass is going to quickly come to pass in the mighty name of Jesus. You're not called to go from struggle to struggle, from issue to issue, from problem to problem, from crisis to crisis. You're called to go from victory unto victory, faith unto faith, grace unto grace, from glory unto glory. It's a never-ending increase until Jesus comes. And I'm prophesying to you tonight, get ready. Because even before this year comes to an end, God's getting ready to turn some things around. And when you watch God move, all you'll be able to do is laugh when you see the breakthrough that's coming to your family. Somebody shout amen to that. <laughs> I got a spirit of faith. You've got a spirit of faith. I said, you got a spirit of faith. You got a spirit of faith. You got a spirit of faith. You've got a spirit of faith. You've got a spirit of faith. You've got a spirit of faith. I said, you got a spirit of faith. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. You got a spirit of faith. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Woo, I feel it. Something's getting ready to turn around for you tonight. Let me pray for my sister here in the blue shirt. Miss, sister, greet her. Come. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Lift your hands to heaven. Glory to God. I want you to say this with me, everybody. It's my turnaround time. There it is. It's my turnaround time. Oh, yes, it is. It's my turnaround time. <laughs> yeah. God's getting ready to do things that other people will look at it and just be amazed. That's going to be their face. Amen. Come, my sister right here. Yeah. The Bible says, Psalm 126, when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing. And it was said among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. Uh, great things. Whereof we're glad. When God moves, it'll make you laugh. All you'll be able to do is just sit back and laugh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Glory. All you'll be able to do is laugh or cry or shout. Or run, or dance. 
people respond differently to the anointing. Some people weep. Others laugh. Some people shout and dance and run around the room. <laughs> but when God, when God does something for you, it elicits a response because he gets the praise. He gets the glory. He gets it. It's not about a man. No man gets it. He said, nobody can take my glory. Nobody can take my praise. He said, I'll have no other gods before me. None. You know what's awesome? You can look places, even in the Bible, when other things even tried to take his glory, he'd make sure everybody knew who the powerful one was. I love the story when they took the Ark of the Covenant, the Philistines took it from the Israelites, put it in their temple of their false god Dagon, set it right next to that big statue of Dagon with the trunk and everything, and the hands and the head. It was a little two foot by three foot box to hold God's glory. They're all fist bumping and chest bumping and end zone dancing, thinking they got the victory. And then they go feast. They come back in the morning, and the whole statue has fallen face down in front of the Ark of the Covenant. They set it up because they thought it was a coincidence. Hang on, sister. I never got a chance to pray for you. <laughs> Ooh, glory to God. <laughs> He's going to fill your mouth with laughter. Fill your tongue with singing. <laughs> ah, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Fire of the Holy Ghost. You'll not be the same after this week. They set it back in its place, went and feasted again. When they came back the next day, God said, we're going to make sure nobody thinks it's a coincidence. Came back in, he cut the hands off, cut the head off, and it's all on the ground sprawled out. Just so every Philistine would know, your God has no power. You might think I look insignificant in this little golden box, but I got more power in one little golden box than you do in your entire nation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Things are quickly turning. Things are quickly turning around. Stuff that looked like it would never move is getting ready to move very quickly by the power of the Holy Ghost. I said by the power of the Holy Ghost. Don't lose hope. Don't lose heart. Don't think it's not going to happen. Every enemy would love to have people believe. Nothing's going to change. It's going to be like it's always been. But I'm telling you something. The devil's a liar. I said, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. If God said it, he will do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. <laughs> I said, he'll bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass. There's people in here, you're believing for your family members. You've been asking God for your cousins, your sons, your, your daughters, your grandchildren. I'm going to tell you something. You're going to be able to declare, as for me and my whole house, we will serve the Lord in Jesus' name. As for me and my whole house, we will serve the Lord. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Glory to God. Shh. Hallelujah. I got a spirit of faith. Somebody say, I got a spirit of faith. 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 I'm telling you, I'm, something's happening right now in here. I feel it in my spirit. This is not a normal week. This is a supernatural week where God's doing the impossible, doing the incredible, and he's going to get all the glory for what he's doing right now. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God's raising up next generation leaders, people that will not bow their knee to the spirit of this world, people that will not compromise their life to this antichrist agenda that's in the world right now. He's raising up anointed next generation leaders by the power of the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? Come, young man. Yeah. Come. Yeah. That's you. Yeah. I'm pointing at you. Hallelujah. God's raising up next generation leaders. You receive that? You receive that? Amen. Lift your hand. God's raising up next generation leaders that he's going to use supernaturally by his power. And I'm telling you what, you don't have to wait until you're 21, 30, 40, 50 years old to be used by God. He'll use you right now where you are. He'll use you with what you've got currently. He's just looking for willing vessels that will say, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Hallelujah. He's just looking for people that will say, God, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. Whatever you tell me to say, I'll say it. And as you obey him, get ready. He's going to open up the floodgate over your life and over your house. In the name of Jesus Christ, from this day, you'll never be the same. For the fire of God fills you up tonight. <laughs> the Holy Ghost come upon him. You'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. My sister right here in the blonde hair on the end. Come. Yeah. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As I was preaching, I saw like a vision. You, you were praying and praying for something so hard, saying, God, I need this to break through. I need this miracle quickly. I need you to do what you said you would do. God said, not only did I hear your prayer, I'm answering your prayer. And behind the scenes, I'm already working. And even when it didn't seem like or look like I was working, I've been working the whole time. Because when you don't know it, when you can't see it, I'm still working. I don't sleep. I don't slumber. I don't stop. I just do what I said I would do. So rejoice and be glad and praise and thanks. Give me thanks, worship, and honor because I'm already doing what you've asked me to do. I'm already doing what you've asked me to do. So just begin to praise. Just begin to worship. Hallelujah. I want you to stand on your feet all over this house. I could, I could literally call people one by one all night long, but I'm telling you, God's doing something right now, and every one of us is going to receive a touch from heaven. Band, you can come back if you want, singers. But I want you to bow your head all over this house. Hear me very clearly. This is a very important moment right now. The blessings of God are reserved for the children of God. Hear what I'm saying. God's positioning us this week to receive wonders. Hear this word, wonders. You say, what's a wonder? That's when God does something in your life and people sit there and wonder how it happened. That's, that's for real. That's what, I'm, that's what a wonder is. People look at it. Have you ever heard, you know, you've heard this in school, the seven wonders of the world. You know, there's parts of those, the seven wonders. There's still today, there's history channel documentaries where people are trying to figure out who made the pyramids. Aliens came down and made the pyramids. You know why they don't know? It's a wonder. People are still sitting there wondering how it happened. How did that go? That's what God's getting ready to do for you. Wonders. That when people see what God did in your life, they'll just have to sit there and look and wonder, how in the world did that happen? How in the world did that come to pass? They will not be able to figure it out. It's a wonder. Hallelujah. It's a supernatural thing. It's a supernatural thing. 
But hear what I'm saying tonight. The blessings of God, every supernatural blessing of God is reserved for the children of God. That's why I want you to bow your head in this place tonight. If there's even one person in this church that you're not ready for heaven, that if Jesus Christ came tonight, you're not sure whether you'd be ready to see him when he comes. Don't leave this church without knowing that your life is right before God. Don't leave this church without knowing that your sins are forgiven. I say it this way. Don't let the devil harass you one day longer. Don't let sin destroy your life one day longer. Let this be the night that you turn your back on sin and say, God, I belong to you for the rest of my life. I'm not going to miss the blessings of heaven because I was in an invisible prison of sin. Get rid of sin before sin gets rid of you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here tonight, you say, I need to pray that prayer, preacher. I need to know tonight that my life is right before God. I want to know that I'm ready for heaven. I want to know that I'm God's child and that the devil can't harass me a day longer. If you need to pray that prayer right where you're standing, lift your hand and hold it high and don't be ashamed. Yes, I see it there. Yes, I see it there. Yes, over here. Yes, on the side. God bless you. Yes, in the back. Yes, in the back. Yes, in the back. Who else tonight's your night? Don't miss this. This is a night of freedom. Things are turning around for the better. We will never be the same again after tonight. Yes, God bless you. As they get ready to worship, every single one of you lifted your hand. I want you to quickly get out of your seat and come stand at this altar with me. We're going to pray. Come quickly and come now. Come on. Go ahead. Your name Come is on. power. Yeah. Your name is healing. Come on. Your name is life. Come on, if you're still in your seat, but you know you need to be down. Come quickly. Yeah. Shine through the shadows. Go like a fire. Your name is power. Come on. Your name is healing. Your name God bless you. is light. Break every stronghold. Shine through. give you one more opportunity. I know what happens. I've been a Christian. I've been in churches. I've been in church my whole life. The Lord will call on people. He'll touch their heart. People stand there and wrestle with God's voice. I'm fine. Let me tell you something. If you're a Christian, you don't feel the conviction to go forward and give your life to Jesus because you already know you're a Christian. But if you're dealing with something in your heart, you feel the Lord tugging on you. Don't ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says nobody can be saved unless the Spirit of God draws them to be saved. And when He's drawing you to be saved, you've got to respond to the call because He may not call again. We don't know when Jesus can come back. Could be tonight. Do you know there's nothing holding Jesus back from coming? He could literally come tonight. He could come tomorrow. If you feel that tugging on your heart, you feel the Holy Spirit calling to you. Don't ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit. I tell people this way. If God's calling, don't hit the red decline button on the call. Answer the call. Answer while he's calling. So they're going to sing this one more time. If the Lord's dealing with you, let tonight be your night of freedom in Jesus' name.
Come on, say it one more time. Your name is power. God bless you. Your name Come is on. Sweet. Yeah. Your name is love. God bless you. Who else? Tonight's your night. Every head bowed, every eye closed. As we pray this prayer tonight, I tell this to everybody wherever I go. We don't whisper it. We don't mumble it. We don't say it under our breath. This is the most powerful thing you could ever do in your life, to receive new life from Jesus Christ. So tonight as we pray this prayer, we say it boldly. We say it with a loud voice. We let the Lord know, I mean business tonight, and I'm never going back to the old way of living. So I'm going to lead you in this prayer, but I want you to say it from your own heart, from your own spirit, and let God know tonight's your night of a turnaround. Pray this with me. Say, thank you, Lord, for sending Jesus to die for me. Tonight I ask you, forgive me of my sin. Make me new. Give me power to live for you for the rest of my life until I die or until you come. I confess Jesus is Lord. I believe you raised him from the dead. So from this night forward, I am your child. I'm never going back. In Jesus' name, say amen. Now lift your hands. Would you sing that one more time? Some are already receiving a touch from the Holy Spirit right now. Right now. Yeah, sing it, sing it. Lift your hands. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. Your name is power. Jesus in the streets, Jesus. 
place. Come on, he's worthy. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. Come on, Tim, play it, play it, play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, stir up your gift in here tonight. Stir up your gift all over this house. Oh, yeah. Play it again, play it again, play it again. I want to pray for this young lady here with the brown uh, sweater on. Come on, Tim. into this room as we were worshiping. The gift of faith is in operation. Hear me. Whatever the enemy told you would never turn around. 
is quickly turning around in the name of Jesus. Now hear me, a very specific thing. I don't, I'm not asking for everybody, but if you have something that you're facing right now that looks like it won't turn around, something that looks like an impossible obstacle, I want you to get out of your seat and come to this altar. I just felt the gift of faith to pray for impossible becoming possible. What it looked like would never come to pass is coming to pass in Jesus' name. Pastor Sandy, would you come for a moment? For those that are here, that you answer that altar call to give your heart to Jesus. I want Pastor Sandy to just give you some instructions before you return to your seat. It's important to plug in, plug into the anointing. Praise the Lord. It's, I want to congratulate you for coming into the family of God. Hallelujah. Number one, if you don't have a home church, we'll love for you to make this your home church. And we have some of the um, altar workers that are going to be coming and giving you a, a card that you can fill out. And uh, um, we want you to give us your information so that we can stay connected with you. But we'll lo love for you to get planted in the house of the Lord and continue to grow so that you can fulfill God's purpose for your life. So welcome to the family of God. Amen. Praise God. You heard what she said. If you don't have a home church, make this church your home church. Make this church your home church. It's vital. Be plugged in. Lift your hand, those of you that come, you say, I'm believing for a turnaround. Looks impossible. Lift your hand so I know who I'm praying for. God's going to do something supernatural. It's turning around quickly by the power of the Holy Ghost. God's already moving on you right now. There's people already receiving that I haven't laid hands on one person. It's happening right now. 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 By the power of the Holy Ghost. It's happening right now. Receive it. <laughs> Receive it. Things are turning around. It's turning around. I said it's turning around. It's turning around. <laughs> it's turning around. It's turning around. It's turning around. Hey, Roko Shemaha. Woo, glory. It's turning around. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. It's turning around. It's turning around. Maybe you're watching live right now. You say, man, I'm dealing with that. I wish I was in the room. Receive it right where you're at. Receive it where you're watching from. You might be watching at home on the couch. Maybe you're driving. Maybe you're in the hospital. I'm telling you right now, the same anointing that's in this room is available to touch you right where you are tonight. Right now. And wherever you're watching from, lift your hands and receive this prayer. Father, every attack of the devil that's been launched against your precious people, from this night, we declare it comes to a quick end in Jesus' name. I thank you that right now you're going out ahead of us and fighting our battles for us. And in the name of Jesus, I take authority over every wicked attack of the devil, and I command it to come to a quick end in Jesus' name. Go by the power of God in the name of Jesus Christ. We declare it tonight. We call it done. And lift your hands here at the altar. Get ready to receive this as we're worshiping. 
worship the Lord, it's turning around. It's turning around. Hey, bro, do rama se hey. Come on, come on, come on. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Jesus in the street. 
lift it up. Your name is here. Every voice. Your name. Prophesy, Tim.
with hands raised, receive that peace. Somebody's leaving here tonight in full peace and full joy. Do it one more time, team. Receive that peace. Receive that rest. receive that tonight. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise all over this house. Come on. Give him glory. Hallelujah. I mean, if you got your miracle tonight, give him a shout of praise all over this house. Come on. Hey, hallelujah. <laughs> Be seated for just a moment if you would. This is, a, I'm telling you, this is a different week. God's going to do something different. Keep playing that if you would. I feel the anointing on it. Power of Love Church is going to another level. I don't say that flippantly. But as a man of God, I'm telling you, God's getting ready to do something supernatural with this church. 2024 will be a year of more for this house. Things like you've never seen will begin to happen. Blessings like you've never had afforded to you will end up manifesting in 2024. You're going to see God do things that will blow the minds of natural men and women. People will actually call and email and text how did that happen? Where'd that come from? How'd you get that? And I don't mean just for the church, but the people of the church. God's putting things in your hands that you've never had before. You've not been this way before. What God's about to do for the Power of Love Church is going to be a mind-blowing thing. This building is already too small to handle what God is doing in this vision. So God's going to put something much bigger into your hands by the power of his spirit. You'll walk into it and be amazed when you look around and see what God has done for you. You'll just look around and be amazed at what God has done for you. You'll just look around and be amazed at what God has done for you. You'll look around and be amazed at what God has done for you. You'll look around and be amazed at what God has done for you. Uh -huh. You'll look around and be amazed at what God has done for you. And you'll say, it's the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in our eyes. You'll say, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. <laughs> look what the Lord has done. And then God will blow his breath from heaven and blow souls in from every direction. They're coming from the north. They're coming from the south, the east, and the west. They'll show up and they'll come hungry. And they'll come ready to receive. This church, hear me what I'm saying, this church will have souls added to it so quickly that people will wonder how in the world are you experiencing that kind of growth at Power of Love Church? How in the world? 
and they'll wonder, did you just get back from a church growth conference? Did you get some tips? Could you share with us what the tips are? But it's the Holy Ghost and fire. It's upper room power. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's the mighty anointing of the Holy Ghost. For the Lord says, you've been faithful. You've been faithful. You've done what I've asked you to do. You've taken the steps of faith along the way. And because you've taken the steps of faith along the way, now I'm going to reward you openly for what you've done in secret, what you've done in private. Now I'll reward you openly. And everyone will see my mighty hand manifesting upon Power of Love Church in a whole new measure that cannot be explained. It will not be able to be swept under the rug or ignored. For I'm going to make you a spectacle, says the Lord. I will make you a spectacle in the city of Houston, says the Lord God Almighty. A church that will not bow their knee to the spirit of this world. A church that will not draw back from the power of the Holy Ghost. A church that will never surrender holiness to this lie of hyper grace that's being preached around the world. But now you will see the true people of God rising up. Those that have their hearts on fire for God. Those who are loyal to the presence of God. And I will lift them up head and shoulders above the rest, says the Lord God Almighty. And I will exalt them as they humble themselves. I will exalt them. And my mighty hand will be evident upon this ministry. And you'll be able to shout and dance and rejoice as you see increase after increase and blessing after blessing. And you'll see my mighty right hand lifting you up, says the Lord God Almighty. So get ready to laugh, for I'll fill your mouth with laughter. Ha, ha, ha. I'll fill your tongue with singing. Rebasi kamaro kosheni repando rokostane rostokomi rebashika tema regasite de bro ramadi akali roja di gregesti di matoki anai. Uh-huh. And you'll prophesy and you preach at a whole different level. You'll prophesy and you preach. And as you're prophesying and as you're preaching, people will begin to be delivered and healed as you preach. They'll not have to wait until you lay your hands. They'll not have to wait for a prayer cloth or the anointing with oil. For as you preach, as you prophesy. <laughs> As Peter was preaching in Cornelius' household, the whole house was saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues and prophesy. So shall it be at Power of Love Church, says the Lord. If you really receive it, lift your hands and begin to thank him that it's coming quickly to pass. Coming quickly to pass. It's coming quickly to pass. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You receive it tonight? <laughs> God's already turned some things around, and now he's still touching some people right now. <laughs> receive it. <laughs> receive it. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say it with me. Tonight is my night to receive my miracle. I have what God said is mine. I'm leaving with my breakthrough. There is nothing that can stand in my way. I'm blessed, and I can't be cursed. I only go up. I never go down. Wherever I go, whatever I touch, it is blessed in Jesus' name. Clap your hands one more time and give Jesus praise. Praise God. In a moment, we're going to give you an opportunity to sow a seed into the kingdom of God. I want to share this with you. It's been in my spirit. I've been sharing it with my own church, and this has just been something that keeps popping up in my heart. I, I was eating uh, at the house. My wife, my kids love to eat fruit. My wife buys fresh fruit all the time. My daughters, berries, strawberries, apples, bananas. I was looking at there. My wife always sets a whole pile of apples over in a bowl on the side of the counter. And I was thinking about that. So powerful. The Lord hit me with this. I shared it with our church, and I popped up twice. People look. You ever eaten an apple before, and after you eat it, you've got the core left over in your hand. And then we throw that in the trash. You look into that core, you see all those dark seeds sitting right there in the core. When I was young, I used to eat the watermelons, you know. And with the watermelons, you know, you can swallow the, you can eat the white seeds, the dark ones, and they usually spit out. I was, I don't know why I had this in my mind. If I swallowed one dark seed, watermelon vines were going to grow out of my stomach. <laughs> They're going to just come out of me. I avoided the black seeds like the plague. And the Lord was showing me something. I had that core of that apple. People toss it away. They throw it in the trash. But when you think about it, that core is so powerful, it's packed with all of those seeds. Now get this in your spirit. Say it with me. A seed has unlimited power to reproduce. You think about the fact that one seed in that apple core, if planted in the ground, will produce an apple tree. But here's the thing. That's not the end of that harvest. That's just the beginning of that harvest. Because once that apple tree comes up out of the ground, it begins to produce fruit of its own. I mean, it's amazing. You had one seed out of a core of an apple, produces now an apple tree. Every apple that comes off that tree is packed with seed. Man. Each one of them with unlimited power to reproduce after its own kind. You could literally, instead of, think about that, casting one core into the trash, you could take those, plant all of them, multiple trees come up, and with the apples that you get, you think about it, from one seed came an orchard that has unlimited power to reproduce. Here's the thing that struck me. Every time God puts a seed in your hand, that seed contains within it unlimited power to reproduce. Get this, this is why a seed is so important. Because the Bible says, God said this, Genesis 8, as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and, oh man, can I get, this, this is going to bless you. This blessed me. I was, have you ever had this happen? Where you feel to go bless somebody and you try to bless them and then they say something to you like, Oh, brother, thank you for thinking of me. I couldn't receive that. I, you know, thank you. I, I, can't, I can't accept that. Who's ever had that happen? I can't accept that. You're trying to bless somebody. 
trying to pay for their lunch, trying to buy them something, a piece of clothing, something. Oh, I, I can't accept that. You know what? I heard somebody say that one time, and the Lord, it's like he hit me right in my spirit. He said, people cut my covenant in half. They cut my covenant. In fact, you probably know people, they'd give you anything. They'd give you the shirt off your back, if uh, their back if they needed it, if you needed it. They'd help you. They'd give to you. But then you try to give them, oh, brother, no, I, I couldn't. I couldn't receive that. The Lord hit me with something. He said, they're cutting my covenant in half. Because get this in your spirit. It's not the covenant of sowing. It's the covenant of sowing and reaping. There's no farmer in the world that goes out into his field, and he's out there planting seeds. And then somebody comes up and said, oh, man, you must be expecting a big harvest this fall. No, I just love this ground so much that I love to sow into this ground. I'm not expecting anything in return. I just love this ground. This is wonderful. No, they'd look at you like you were insane. Nobody does that. He's out there sowing with an expectation to receive a harvest on what he put in the ground. Hear, hear me. I heard the Lord say this. Don't cut my covenant in half. Give with an expectation that is big to receive. Why? Because every seed he puts in your hand has unlimited power to reproduce. Now, now watch this. I was looking at 2 Corinthians 9. The Lord said this to me. He said, inside of every seed, there are three things. Number one, when you sow a seed, you've got something coming back. He said, three things are inside every seed. Number one, another seed. That's the first thing. Another seed is in my seed. Because when it comes back to me, I'll have another seed to sow. But that's not it. Number two. There's bread for the eater. You know what the Bible says? He gives bread for the eater, seed to the sower. But here's, this is a revelation I never got my whole life. The eater and the sower are the same person. I sow seed and I eat bread. Hallelujah. I sow seed and I eat bread. It's the same person. He gives seed to the sower. Bread to the eater, but then that's not it. Then there's a harvest that comes back to you because of the seed you sowed. Think about it. As you're waiting, this is what I love about God. Somebody say this with me. No downtime. Say it again. There's no downtime. You've sown your seed, but as you're waiting for your harvest, he still gives you bread to eat. There's bread to eat as I'm headed for my harvest, but my harvest is coming back into my hand. We just had a couple come down. They're probably watching right now. I love you, Mike and Bobby. They're watching probably from Montana right now. And they just came all the way down to be a part of our overflow weekend at our church in South Florida. And they really wanted to come. And they said, you know, we just didn't really necessarily have it in the budget to be able to make our way all the way from Montana down to South Florida. He said, but let me tell you, my wife sowed a $200 seed. She had put it in the kingdom. And he said, we went back. He said, we checked our bank account. Now, they, they're, they're cattle ranchers. They said, we checked our bank account. There was a government grant for farmers that was deposited into our account. We never applied for it, and we never expected that it was coming. They said, all of a sudden, after she sowed that seed, $2,500 grant hits the account. And they looked at each other and said, we're using that to go to church. Hallelujah. <laughs> Booked their plane tickets. 
came on down, booked their hotel, and got to be in Holy Ghost revival services. God gave them the desire of their heart. What triggered the overflow? She said, I'm going to sow a seed anyway. A seed has unlimited power to reproduce. Can you say amen? This is why it's so powerful to understand that when God puts that seed in your hand, there's something supernatural on the other side of releasing that into the kingdom of God. That's why the devil fights so hard against seed. But God, God gives it to you. He puts in your hand, puts you in a system of seed time and harvest, and then the devil starts talking. Well, you don't need to be sowing that. You don't need to be giving that. He would love to talk you out of the seed that you're about to sow. Why? Because he knows there, once you release it, there's nothing he can do to stop your harvest from coming back. There's nothing he can do to stop your increase. The devil can't stop your growth. And what I'm telling you is, God's getting ready to take us higher by the power of his Holy Spirit. Hear what I'm saying. People you, that, that you thought, maybe I'm going to be at this level for a long time. I feel like I've been, it's like we're hitting an invisible ceiling. God has a plan to break you to the next level so quickly that it'll make the devil's head spin. Say, so what are you talking about? People that have rented for so long, get ready. You're getting ready to own by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I don't just mean one. You're not just going to own a home. I'm telling you, by the power of God, he'll give you multiple properties. You'll go from be the one that was renting, and God will make you the landlord, and you'll have people renting from you. You think I'm just blowing smoke, but I'm telling you what God did for me to the place where I could barely get out from under credit card debt when I was younger. But I'm telling you, God turned the whole situation around. God put a blessing in my life. God continued to increase my family. He took us from lack to the abundance to the overflow by the power of his spirit. <laughs> and he'll do it for you. The power is in the seed. You know, that's why we pray. You can't tell people what to give because you're not the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit will speak. And when he speaks, he always puts his finger on something that requires faith to release. Say, so why is that? Because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. I Now, if you can get this in your spirit, it will bless you for the rest of your life. Write it down if you have to. I will never give God something that costs me nothing. Thanks for all the shouts. <laughs> Don't everybody run around the building at the same time. I will never give God something that costs me nothing. Even King David understood that. He said in 2 Samuel 24, 24, when that man that was a part of his kingdom named Arauna, he said, what are you doing coming to my house? He said, I have to give an offering to God, a sacrifice. He said, well, you're my king. He said, take anything that's mine. Take the oxen. Take the threshing floor. Have whatever you want. Give it to God. He said, no, no. I cannot just take it from you, but I'll buy it for a price. Look at that verse. No, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which costs me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor. He was the king. He could have just taken it. He said, yeah, you're, you're one of my kingdom men. I'll take your stuff. I'll offer it to the Lord. But it wouldn't have any faith attached to it because it cost David nothing. He said, I, the man after God's own heart, I can't give God something that costs me nothing. 
See, this is where it takes you into next levels of blessing. When you start to release what the Holy Spirit speaks, and then you see God break you into a whole next level of blessing that the world can't comprehend. I have a friend that's part of our ministry, part of our board, and not for the church, for the people in the church. He called me and said, listen to this testimony. In one year, he said, God canceled people in the church's debt that equaled $983,000 for the congregation. They were getting calls that were insane. Hey, we're just calling you from the hospital. We just want you to know, we know you had bills with us. We know you had medical bills. We just want you to know that's all just been wiped out. We're just taking a hit. Nothing. You owe nothing. Student loan debts being canceled. Credit card debts being canceled. Mortgages being paid off. Cars being paid off. In one year, almost a million dollars of debt wiped out by the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, if he will do it for them, he will do it for us. Can you say amen? And I want you to set your faith and believe that before this year comes to an end, God is going to do something so supernatural in your finances that it will make even unbelievers who know you take a second look at what goes, what's going on in your life. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm believing for? Some of y'all that haven't been saved that long may know what I'm talking about. I'm believing God for a two-mile-an-hour blessing. Say, what is that? That's when people roll by your house and have to slow down to two miles an hour to see everything God's doing. <laughs> they have to take, oh, I didn't know he had that. I didn't know she had that going on. What's happening? You know God starts blessing you when people think you're dealing drugs behind the scenes. People are like, what in the world? Where'd she get that car from? A two-mile-an-hour blessing. That's when people have to rubberneck and take a look at everything that's going on in your life. Why? Because God knows how to bless you to such a degree that it will even make the wicked people jealous of the goodness of God upon your life. If you believe it, shout aloud, amen. amen. So I want you, if you would bow your head, we're going to pray. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. He'll tell you what to do. And then we'll just obey the voice of the Lord. Father, we thank you for the voice of your Holy Spirit. I ask you to speak to every man, speak to every woman. Give them an instruction from heaven. What would you have them to sow in this offering tonight? We thank you that as we obey you, as we step out and do what you ask us to do, that we already have in motion a harvest that's coming back to us that will blow the minds of natural men. We expect to see miraculous things take place, miraculous provision. We thank you that you're a God of more than enough, not just enough, more than enough. And we declare it. We're going to walk in the more than enough in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Amen. Take an envelope in your hand. If you need one, lift your hand. The ushers will help you. They'll also, I'm sure there's digital ways. There we are on the, on the screen, digital ways that you can give. There's a QR code. You'll have to scan it through the singer's bodies, which will be a miracle in and of itself. You have to have a phone like a boomerang that goes around and comes back to you. Cash apps available. <laughs> Thank you, singer. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Are you blessed tonight? Now listen, tomorrow night, don't miss this. God has something supernatural. He's pouring out this week. I want you to get somebody that you know needs a miracle from heaven. Don't invite them. Bring them. Because I'm going to tell you, by the end of this week, I don't know where we're going to find the space. We're going to find it. And I don't know if we have to go out in the parking lot. We'll go out in the parking lot. But God's going to do something. I was just in Pennsylvania this year. <laughs> the power of God hit the place. And we had the whole place jam-packed. 
and it was pews, too. So, I mean, people had to get real friendly next to each other, sitting in the pews. All the way to the back, jammed from the very first night. They put all the chairs out in the lobby. They were all jammed. So I just told him, I said, ask the pastor. I said, tomorrow night, let's just fill the platform behind me with chairs, and we'll sit people up there. We did that, filled all those chairs. I got calls from people. They were like, did you start a choir in your revival? Did you have a choir? I said, no, that's just the overflow. On the, on the final night, we had to take everybody outside the church to pray for them because there was no space in the sanctuary to even lay hands on anybody. So we went into the parking lot and lined them up. They went all the way around the church, and we went out there. People driving by wonder what in the world are they doing because, I mean, we're laying hands on people. They're going out under the power, onto the pavement. God's touching people. People are honking as they're going by. What's going on? People are hungry for a move of God. People are hungry for a move of God. Can I give you a testimony? Our church just went out on the streets on Saturday, the streets of West Palm Beach, and we went out. We had 32 people sign up to go soul winning. We hit the streets, and we saw like 72 people give their hearts to Jesus Christ in one hour on the streets. Oh, yeah, it's exciting. We had, I was sharing with Pastor, for the month of October, we had about 111 souls come into the kingdom of God. Talked to 300, almost 380 people on the street, prayed for all kinds of people. People are hungry for a touch. You know what people think? People think that if you go out on the street and minister to somebody, you're just going to get a bunch of middle fingers and FUs. But let me tell you, that's not the case. You might get a couple, but that's all right. You're going to get them anyway, so why not do it with the gospel? But well, you, you know what you're going to actually find? You're going to find that people, they have need. And when you talk to them, they begin to break down and cry and say, no, could you pray for me? I, I talked to multiple people, and they said, oh, my God, I don't know who they are, but I just talked to them. They said, this is God, man. This is God. Our mom was just diagnosed with cancer. Would you pray with me? And then somebody else, oh, my goodness, I can't believe we're talking. This is God. I just told somebody yesterday I need to get back in church, and I'm going to come see it. That's what, where people are at. They need a touch from God. Do you know Jesus is remaining in heaven? You might be the only Jesus they ever see. You might be the only gospel they ever encounter. You're anointed to bring souls into the kingdom of God. And so I'm telling you, let's use this week as a soul-winning tool to see people changed by God's power. Can you say amen to that? Hallelujah. Are you ready for what God's going to do in you? Amen. It's going to be absolutely supernatural. Praise God. As you're leaving, in a moment, we're going to shout. We're going to praise God as we go. There's books and all kinds of stuff you can look at in the lobby. Uh, but I want to say this. I love you. I'm so excited to be here. I've been waiting for this week. I want to tell you, I love Pastors George and Sandy, and I love that. I love this church. I, this is the first time I've gotten a chance to be here. But when we talked and this meeting was put on the books, I had a knowing in my spirit this was a supernatural encounter. Because, listen, the, the year was almost up, but we felt as we talked, we need to schedule this before the end of the year. And as we did, I felt in my spirit, God's getting ready to meet us supernaturally in this week. So I'm telling you, press in to receive what God has for you. We're leaving with testimonies in our hands in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Would you stand on your feet all over the house? Take your offering, lift it to the Lord. If you gave by your phone, lift your phone up. Unless it's an Android, throw it away. And I want you to say this with me. I'm just playing. <laughs> say this with me. I'm blessed. I can't be cursed. Going in and coming out, I'm blessed. In the city and in the field, I'm blessed. 
Whatever I touch, wherever I go, it is blessed. I only go up. I'll never go down. God's hand of blessing is upon my life. In Jesus' name, everybody shout amen. Now listen, ushers, if we could, can we put the buckets here on the platform on either side? We're going to bring an offering to the Lord tonight. We're going to leave here praising God and shouting. Hug somebody on your way out after you give. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow night.